Welcome to The Well Podcast. We pray that this message ministers to you and blesses you as you listen. Well, praise the Lord. Um, I'm excited about the tabernacle. Uh, I'm excited to see how well it all came together. Um, there was uh, one story that I want to share out of yesterday, um, and um, Karen, our children's pastor, of course, came in, and she had got some of the materials ahead of time. Actually, I don't know who got the materials, but anyway, she got some materials anyway, um, but she had this story to share of where she went to Lowe's or Home Depot? Home Depot. Bless Home Depot, Lord. Um, not taking anything away from Lowe's in case anyone works there. That's her favorite or whatever. I'm not an orange or blue guy, whatever. Anyway, so she goes to Home Depot, and um, on some of these things, you'll notice that it's got some decorative trim on there. And she goes to Home Depot, and they go and pick out the trim that, that's needed. And uh, Karen comes up to the front with the trim and, and puts it on the counter. She's ready to check out, and they're like, oh, it doesn't have, a, doesn't have a label. Let me see if I can look it up. And they get in their little thing, and they go to look it up, and they can't find it. And, he's, and, and they're like, well, what are we going to do? And they're like, ah, just let her have it. And so, so she comes in yesterday sharing like, favor, favor, you know, eight foot of favor right here in my hand, right? And so she had this, well, we start building these and we realize, oh, we're going to need another piece. And so, and so this time, Brian goes with Karen. <laughs> so they go to the store and here they come bouncing back, you know, and things have progressed and that kind of stuff. And Brian's like, I had to just go see how this thing works. Says we got to Home Depot and we got the thing, we found it in the back, brought it to the front. They still couldn't find the price. We said, Well, yesterday we got one of these and they just said, Let her have it. And the guy says, Well, that's what we're going to do today. <laughs> and so we ended up with two of those sticks of this fancy trim or whatever um, to use on that, that the Lord just favored us uh, in the checkout stand at Home Depot. Yeah, the Lord has need of this. That's right. So, um, so we know it's blessed before it's even fully constructed. Um, and, uh, and we thank everyone who came out yesterday and, and put hands to it and, and nails to it and uh, paint to it. And for some of you ladies that are probably still scrubbing the gold out from underneath your fingernails, we bless you and thank you for that. Um, but it, it really did turn out really, really nice. Um, so I'm super excited to, uh, to hear the testimonies that are going to come out of that. Um, I, I think, you know, this is just me, and, and if you've been around at all, you know that, that Old Testament is like, that's, that's my heartbeat. Um, and Jesus even said it's all about him, so don't, don't Old Testament, New Testament me, it's all about Jesus. Um, but, uh, but the tabernacle, I think, is, is really interesting, because we, we talk about the wilderness, this is totally off the subject, I'll get back to the subject in a minute, but totally off subject, when we talk about the tabernacle, we talk about uh, the Israelites wandering in the wilderness, and I just want to want to share, and, and if you've been here before, you've heard me say this, but they weren't lost. There was no wandering involved, okay? And some of you are probably going like, well, that doesn't make any sense. Well, it does. They had a huge cloud by day and a fire by night. Tell me how they got lost. The only thing that was lost is what was in their heart. But they knew where God was the whole time. They could see him. They could perceive him that way. And while we don't necessarily have that same vision today, some do, bless them, and that's awesome. I'm sure that was really freaky when you were little, 
But I'm glad there's people that, that see the evidence of God, see his hand move, see spirits, see, you know, darkness, all that stuff, so that they can warn the rest of us, so that they can help us glorify God in those moments. But the Israelites were not lost. They were, they were wondering, and they were struggling with the same things that we struggle with today, and that's laying ourselves aside and fully trusting in God. And it is the same struggle. We all go through a wilderness season, all of us. Hopefully, we move out of that season. Hopefully, we cross that Jordan. We begin to fulfill our purpose. We begin to fulfill the the promise he has over our life. And that's not to say that we won't continue to have some difficulties and struggles. But hopefully, we're not out in the wilderness just lost in ourselves. All right. Well, today... um, Funny how God works. Um, you know, can I just say, and, I, and, I, and again, I've said this before, and I just want to share this again um, because it just blows my mind when God does this. Um, when I'm preparing my message or Becky's preparing her message, we rarely talk about it because one of the things we've learned is that we think very much differently. And if I share an idea with her about something, she's going to go, well, why don't you, have you thought about it this way? And I'm like, that's not at all the way I'm thinking about it, right? I don't like to go that. That just feels contrary to everything inside of me. So we don't, we don't talk about it a little bit. Uh, we don't talk about it a little bit. We don't talk about it at all, usually. Um, but I, I really had some difficulty pulling something together this week um, for this day. Um, and, and it really came together between, I mean, the Lord laid something on my heart earlier in the week. And, and I started to dig into it, and, and it's like, okay, where are we going with this? And, 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 and that's, I was kind of stuck in, in first gear, right? Couldn't, could never get out of it, could never get traction, could never get things moving uh, to where I felt like they needed to go. Um, and so yesterday, I, I, I let out a little tease to Becky, um, and, um, and we were talking about spiritual maturity, and how there's, there's scripture there that, that talks about, um, you know, at, at first, Paul is saying to one of the churches, um, he says he, he brought milk, right? Because they weren't ready for the solid foods, right? But there's an impetus to move from the, from the milk and being fed, you know, at the bottle, if you will, to eating solid foods and being able to mature yourself. And then, and then my message didn't go that way at all. So, um, so where we landed um, <laughs> is a spirit-led life. What does it mean to, for the Holy Spirit to lead your life? And you know what we sung about this morning? And you know what we prayed about this morning? All about the Holy Spirit. All about the Spirit, you know, uh, burning within us and imparting it into the children. And, and, and what a difference. How many of y'all can say, what a difference in my life it would have been if I would have caught that fire at 10 years old? I mean, come on. Um, so I, I pray that these kids get that revelation. And I pray the Holy Spirit moves them in such a way that they can't deny it and they can't say it's anything other than the God moving in their lives. But, um, so anyway, so let, let's read some scripture here. I'm going to start in Galatians 5, uh, verses 16 through 23. Um, and while you're looking for that, if you come across Ephesians, uh, you might want to stick your finger in Ephesians. We'll go there in just a minute. Um, and, and you know, the, the hard part about um, a service like this where there's so much about the Holy Spirit and then we pray and, and, and try to impart and, 
and, and just kind of open ourselves up to let God move in it, is now I'm afraid I'm going to mess that up. Because I, I don't want to teach something, right, and quench the fire that, that was there, that was inspired by the Holy Spirit himself. Right? I don't want you to get, get to thinking up here when it's burning in here. So, Lord, help me to, to sort through this. All right, Galatians 5, verse, starting in verse 16, I'm reading from the NLT. And so it says here, So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting with each other, so you're not free to carry out your good intentions. So, um, if you're familiar with Paul and Romans at all, he talks about this struggle. He talks about the struggle be, be, between his desire to do right and his knowing to do right, and yet he does wrong. And, and if you read in, in Romans, it's this roller coaster of emotions. And if we're honest with ourselves, we probably have seasons where we go through the same valleys, or valleys and mountains. Let's try mountains and valleys. Um, And so the, the key to getting through those, right, is to let the Holy Spirit guide your life. Now, verse 18 is interesting all on its own, and, I, and, I'll, and I'll read through it here, and then we'll come back later, maybe. It says, but when you are directed by the Spirit, you are not under the obligation, not under obligation to the law of Moses. That's interesting. We'll come back to that. It says, when you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. There's a lot of children in the room trying to be careful here. So we'll just say immorality, impurity, other stuff, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, (laughs) quarreling. I mean, they need to know. They just may not need to know today, okay? Jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. So that's interesting. It's interesting that that's not the whole list, and it's other things like this. Right? So, so what we need to take out of that is not a list. You can do these and you can't do these. What is, what is the heart? What, is, what, do you, what kind of condition does your heart have to be in to engage in these things? Yeah, stay away from all those things, right? And more that I didn't list. He says, let me tell you again, a lot of us men suddenly feel uh, very uh, connected to the passage and we have to hear it again, right? Because how many of y'all are admittedly hard-headed? Okay, just... Me, okay, a few of you now are coming to the realization. All right. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in your lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. Now, if we can look at our lives and, and we can look at, at all those things we just walked out of, and we can just see a trail of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, then we know we're doing a pretty good job. But if we're seeing malice and envy and strife, if that's fallen our wake, then we need to, to maybe get a little correction here, right? Because there, there's this ongoing battle. Back, back up here to verse uh, 17. These two forces, the sinful nature and, and the spirit, 
wants to do opposite things. The, the sinful nature is, looks out for me, myself, and I, right? And is in this self-preservation. I got to take care of me. Um, I, I got to be, you know, selfish or whatever, right? I, I've got to do all that for me where the spirit nature just wants to love. And to love is to give. Love is a very outward-facing thing. It's not an inward-facing thing. If, if, you, if you see two people in love, do you see them acting selfish? Well, no. You see them just loving all over each other, you know, and just holding hands and arms, right, you know, and opening the door for and stuff. Um, some of you young people are like, you open the door for them. Yeah, my, dog, my dad taught me that. But there's this constant strife that we go through where the, the Holy Spirit within us wants to draw us into the image of God. It wants to draw us into this image of Christ. It wants love to be that thing, right? It wants to glorify God and love our neighbor as ourself. That's the Holy Spirit's drawing us into those things. And the world would tell us that, no, don't do that because you'll get taken advantage of. D- don't do that because um, you'll get hurt when you love somebody, right? Um, the world is in opposition to the Holy Spirit. So we have to recognize first that there's this sinful, worldly nature that man inherently has, right? And that you can trace that all the way back to the fall, and, and, and you can call it the natural, um, we'll say godless uh, nature of man is to be sinful. Now, um, I, I was trying to think of an example of how to express this. And, and this one might be someone you know, um, or, or you may have walked through this yourself. Um, but I was trying to think of a, a scenario where, where you could be selfish, where you could be kind of self-seeking, and it not be, not even be aware that you're doing it, Right? And so the example that I came up with um, that may or may not be a true story um, is, is a child in the kitchen right after mom took the hot, moist chocolate chip cookies out of the oven. And all the child can see is the hot, moist chocolate chip cookie and smell the aroma in the air and and, and mom made these so that we could enjoy them and, and I'm just going to go get one of these cookies. And you can almost imagine the child like, like going across the kitchen, right, and reaching up on the counter. But you see, the problem is, is the child doesn't recognize two things. One, the pan's still hot, right? It's, it's, not, it's, not, it's not the appropriate time for them to, to have this wonderful, hot, moist chocolate chip. Did anyone bring chocolate chip cookies today? Because I'm going to have, I'm going to be so worked up. But you see, the child doesn't see the danger in the hot pan. And they also don't see the danger in eating like half a pan full of cookies and the tummy ache that will follow. And so there, there's wisdom and knowledge that sounds a lot like your mom's voice from the other side of the room behind you that goes, no. Like I said, it may or may not be a true story. But you see, some of us are going to hear that voice and we're going to respond. And some of us are going to be, for the next 10 minutes, have our hand underneath the cool water in the sink. See, because 
in our eyes and what we see is like there's no harm in having one of these cookies. There's no harm in these cookies that, that I know are meant to bless me. But if it's taken in the wrong time and in the wrong heart, it may bring harm. And so there is an authority in the kitchen named mom. And there is an authority in our life named the Holy Spirit that if we have the timing wrong, if our heart is wrong, if our desires are misplaced, that that Holy Spirit will go, no. And then we're faced with the decision of whether we're going to listen to that and obey or whether we're going to run our hand under the sink after we've been burned. So, again, it's the Holy Spirit wants to keep us from harm, wants to, to keep us from, from those situations that would cause us harm. All right, let's turn to Ephesians 1. So we need the Holy Spirit for guidance. The world is filled with traps. The world is filled with deception. The enemy uh, prowls about like a lion looking for someone to destroy. We don't want to be that person. We have someone who is watching out for us. We have our mom in the kitchen, if you will. And that's the Heavenly Father that, that is in a position to see everything. He has already, he, I'm trying to resist to get off track here, but I have to for a moment. I saw it illustrated once that, that God is outside of time. And for our heads, we go, well, what does that mean? I don't get it. But, but everyone's seen a timeline, like a history, right? Like in this year, this happened. You go a little further, and this year, this happened, right? If you can imagine all of time being on this timeline that's about a foot long on a big sheet of paper that's as big as this building. God is represented by the piece of paper. He is at all points on the line at any one time. We are not. We're on that line, and we can only progress along that line. And we can't be at two places at once on that line where God encompasses the whole line. So God knows the end from the beginning. Now, that is a way to visualize it. Practically speaking, I can't help you. Right? But, but that, that, that is a way to visualize God being at every place along that line, knowing the end from the beginning, knowing how things turn out before they happen. And so, you know, when we go and burn our hand, do you know who's not surprised? God's not surprised. He's not. Now, it might be a moment in our life where we can really grow, and it might take a, a, a different path in our life than what we're having to go through now, having to, to run our hand under the cool water and, and feel the burn. But that's where we have this decision where we can listen to the Holy Spirit and we can move with the Holy Spirit or we can disregard it, okay? Um, so there's a need for the Holy Spirit. It's going to keep us from this trouble. It's going to keep us in a, in a vein of blessing. It's going to keep us traveling towards God. But where does the Holy Spirit come from? Ephesians 1, verse 12. God's purpose was that the Jews who were first to trust in Christ would bring praise and glory to God. I hear you. Amen. And now the Gentiles have also heard the truth. That's the rest of us. The good news that God saves you. That is good news for sure. And when you believed in Christ, he identified you as his own. And some of your versions may say he marked you. I like that better. By giving you the Holy Spirit whom he promised long ago. So when you first believe in Christ, and that becomes, it goes from, from head knowledge to heart knowledge. When you first believe in Christ, he goes, okay, that's one of mine. 
And, and the word says that, that you are marked. And, and so the, the best thing I can come up with there as an analogy would be branded. Right? So God can look out across all the world and see all the people, and he knows who's marked. He knows who are his, who have come to the belief in Christ, and he knows those that, that he has to still reach and those that he has to mature and grow. Okay? Uh, verse 14. The Spirit is God's guarantee. And some of your, your uh, uh, translations may say deposit, that he will give us the inheritance he promised and that he has purchased us to be his own people. And he did this so that we would praise and glorify him. Isn't that something? He, he's going to rescue from being lost, rescue from eternity in hell, and all he wants you to do is go, thank you. Thank you, Lord. We just praise you. Thank you, Lord, that, that you told me no. Thank you, Lord, that you didn't let me fall in that pit, didn't fall in that trap. And that you rescued me and saved me. Now, um, that, that word, it says, uh, verse 14, the Spirit is God's guarantee or his deposit. How many of y'all have ever bought a vehicle and had to put a deposit down or put a deposit on something big? What did that mean? That was your promise that you were going to come back and get it, right? If you've ever, um, uh, if you've ever done that, you know there's a penalty for, for leaving the deposit, Right? But that's your promise. You, you don't leave a deposit without an intention to come back and get it. And the Holy Spirit is that deposit in our lives. And we need that, that, I believe that text is for us. That's to encourage us that if we, if we feel that conflict within us, if, if something happens, and, and Daryl, I remember you sharing a, a testimony one time um, that he was talking with someone, and he goes, you know what? And I, I fall and I did this again. And the guy says, well, praise God. At least it's bothering you right? It's bothering you, and that's a sign that there's that conflict in you. That's that Holy Spirit in your sin nature fighting for your future. And so thank God when something happens, when something goes wrong, when you fall into sin, when, when, you, when you willingly jump wholeheartedly into it, you feel that conviction. And that's the Holy Spirit that's like, no, no, oh, you're a guy. No, 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 no. This is not going to be good for you. Go run your hand under some cool water. But, but I like the text here that it says that we're marked, because I can imagine as we look at the stars at night and you see those million points of light out there, I can imagine God looking at the earth from heaven and seeing million points of light on the earth and going, those are all mine. Look how beautiful they are. Look at how they're clustered up over here on Sunday morning. Isn't that beautiful? Look how bright the light shine. Look at that one there that's flickering. Brian, come on, get your act together. I'm teasing, I'm teasing. I had to tease. <laughs> so the Holy Spirit is both a gift and a promise. It's a gift to us because, because the Holy Spirit has a certain uh, job to do in our lives. And, and what are those things? One, he teaches the truth about Jesus. Uh, John 14, 26 but the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I've said to you. The Holy Spirit says what the Father tells him to say. So here's a message right from God, right? When he, the Spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all the truth, and he will not speak on his own, but only speak what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. And so there's also a, a gift of prophecy there, too. Number three, he gives believers the power to share their faith. 
Acts 1.8, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. He gives people skills and abilities they need to share God's love, and these are some call, sometimes called spiritual gifts. Hebrews 2.4, God also testified to it by signs, wonders, and various miracles, and by the gifts of the Holy Spirit distributed according to his will. And there's a whole other message on spiritual gifts we won't get into, but we will someday. And the last one here, the Holy Spirit produces God's love in human hearts. Romans 5.5, 5, and hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. So you see, it's this Holy Spirit that lives within us that is going to allow us to not only praise God, but to love our neighbors. And it's, it's the Holy Spirit that is going to guide us through life, that's going to teach us how to navigate through all the challenges of life. did that already covered that thank you lord we're all gonna have to go potty soon all right let's turn to ephesians 4 verse 17 and i don't know about your bible my bible has the section headings in it, and this one is called Living as Children of Light, um, which again always blows my mind when we you know, pray over children to have, let them have the Holy Spirit and living as children of light. Verse 17, Ephesians 4, verse 17. With the Lord's authority I, say, authority, I say this, live no longer as Gentiles do, for they are hopelessly confused. Thank God we are not hopelessly confused if we come to the knowledge of Christ. Amen. Their minds are full of darkness and they wander far from the life God gives because they have closed their minds and hardened their hearts against him. They have no sense of shame. And didn't we just talk about a moment ago? You feel that conviction of the Holy Spirit, that is a good sign. It means there's work to do, but it's a good sign. Uh, they live uh, lustful pleasure and eagerly practice every kind of impurity. Verse 20. But that isn't what you learned about Christ. We all have to know about Christ. Since you've heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes, put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly holy and righteous, or righteous and holy, pardon me. So now Ephesians uh, 4, and this is my revelation for the day, if, if y'all didn't have it. Uh, Ephesians 4, verse, starting in verse 21 to 24. And if you're taking notes, this will be the note you want to take right here. Five steps to a spirit-led life right here in the text. Yes, it's a five-step program right in the text. I'm sorry, I did not make it up. It's not me. I just happened to notice it. So first, you have had to heard about Jesus. Step number one, you have to hear about Jesus. And of course, how are you going to hear if someone's not telling you? How are your neighbors going to hear if you're not telling them? So there, there is a perpetual telling of Jesus that needs to happen. 
those people that know need to share with those people who don't know. So step one, you have to have first heard about Jesus. And then step two, you must have learned the truth from Jesus. And what is that truth but the gospel truth? That Jesus lived and he died to pay a price that you couldn't pay. To redeem you from a sinful past. To bring you into the kingdom of God. And so the second thing is you have to learn that truth. Because don't you know it's one thing, even the demons know about Jesus. Well, they, do they really believe? What do they believe? Even some people that, uh, oh, bless her heart, goodness gracious. I know, we're going to eat really soon, baby. But you've probably all, <laughs> tell me it's not a doll. Tell me it's not a doll. Is it really? Okay. Uh. But we've all met people who know the word. They just don't believe it. We probably all are, are know people now who know the word, who can argue with you about what the text says, but they don't really believe it. Because there is, there is a, something that happens when you, when, you, when you believe it, and that first seed of faith is planted. That, that just tells me to hurry. But we must have learned the truth. That first seed must have found good soil, and it must sprout, and it must begin to grow. Number three, it says, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life. So, so this, is, this is an interesting one because it, there's an action here. There's a verb here. It says throw off. Because, you know, when you come to the, to the knowledge of God and when you come to a saving knowledge of God and that, that faith first hits you, chances are there's some things in your life that you are immediately convicted of. And immediately you can go, well, I really need to put that aside, Right? Let me rephrase that. I really need to get that out of my life. Right? Because we're not putting it aside to resurrect it later, but we really need to put that out of our life. Right? And there's some things that we can recognize in the text and we can recognize in our own life that don't belong and that we need to get those out of our life. And so the text here says, throw off your old sinful nature. Just, just, I can't do that anymore. I can't be in that company. I can't go to that club. Whatever it is, right? You've, got to, you've just got to set that aside there, Dad, I said it again. You've got to throw that out of your life and get rid of it. I heard someone describe it this way. Oak trees in the winter, and I don't want to say all oak trees, but some oak trees in the winter, uh, or when, when the fall comes, they'll shed their leaves. They know it's time. But there's some that they just hang on to. And those oak trees will hang on to those leaves all through winter. And the winds will blow and the cold will come and they, may, they might lose a few, but they hang on to those leaves. And honestly, I didn't even notice that until I got up here in Michigan, y'all, because I was not in a place where we had a lot of winters. But anyway, I've got one right outside the window where I, where I have my office at home. And, and I can watch this tree in all winter. Those leaves through those 40-mile-an-hour crazy winter storms that we have up here will just flop around. And I'm like, how do they not break off? They've got to be frozen solid. It's 10 below, right? How do they just not break off? But they do eventually break off because come spring, when the new life begins to come up from the roots and when that new life begins to get born into those stems, into those branches, it finally will shed those old leaves. And so it's the new life. It's that growth of the spirit within us 
that's going to allow us to take some of those things that we can't just throw off. Some things that, that maybe we had hurts in the past, maybe we've got uh, you know, serious addictions or whatever, things that we just can't throw off that just want to cling to us and hang on, it is going to take more of God in our lives, that cup, if you will, filling up until it gets to the point where it overflows and all of that, that trash can rise up to the top with it and just flow out and be gone. But there's an action here when you, you first come to the knowledge where you've got to make room for the Spirit to come in. And that's throwing off all those other things in your life, that sinful nature that you can willfully get rid of. You need to do that. And then number four, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Can't do it if he's not there. Can't do it if he's not there. So you got to make room. you got to throw off those things, make room for the Spirit, let him come in. And then you've got to be have an awareness and knowledge of him speaking to you. And you have to honor that and receive that and allow him to grow within you. Okay, so let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. And then step five, put on your new nature. You see, as this happened, there's a transformation in your spirit. There's a transformation in that spirit man that lives inside of you that is taking place. And there comes a time where, where you go from being a sinner saved by grace, just barely getting in the gate, to someone that can really live with the Holy Spirit, where you can then turn around instead of just receiving those good words, that you're now in a place where you can go, you know what, my faith is big enough. My, my, the Holy Spirit speaks to me, and I hear his voice, and he's telling me to go in this moment, and I've got the boldness and courage to move. And that's putting on this new nature. That's putting on this new nature of allowing that Holy Spirit to really lead you and guide you. And, of course, no one can really be led unless they're willing to be led. And so there's still a choice and a decision you have to make in those moments when the Holy Spirit rises up and says, go and do, whether you're going to go and do. But I really like how this ends. It says, put on your new nature, verse 24, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. And Daryl shared one of my favorite scriptures out of 1 Peter 3, I think. It says, you have everything you need to live a righteous and holy life by coming to know Christ. It's one thing to know about him. It's another thing to know him. Knowing him, I believe, is this lifelong commitment. It, it takes drive. It takes energy. It takes passion. It, it takes everything you have to really know him, to know him intimately and fully, but yet in doing so, you have everything you need to live a holy and righteous life. So now most people, steps one and two, hearing about Jesus, learning about Jesus, that's pretty easy. And if you haven't completed steps one and two, we need to talk. We need to talk because I know a guy. I know a guy you need to meet. Steps three and four get a little more challenging. Throwing off your old sinful nature, getting rid of those, those leaves that just want to cling and hang in there, and letting the Spirit renew our thoughts and attitudes. How many of y'all uh, know that, that um, well, let me, let me put it this way. I'll, I'll just turn it inward on me. One of my greatest fears is I'll turn out to be the crotchety old man that's like shooing kids off my lawn. I don't want to be that way, y'all. 
Um, I want to be the old guy that gets out there and plays ball with them. Uh, I, I can tell you the way I move right now, that's going to be really, really challenging in another 10 or 15 years. But I want to let the Spirit renew my thoughts and attitudes. I don't ever want to get stuck. You know, I know the world is changing around us. There's, there's all kinds of stuff. Um, we were at a wedding yesterday. They started dancing. I'm like, oh, I've never seen that before. <laughs> we did something in square dancing. It was kind of like that in high school. But, but I, don't, I don't know about all that. So I was ready for a slow dance. I was going to ask Becky. She didn't know this. But I was going to ask her when they got to the slow. They never got to the slow dance. They got to the whatever that is. <laughs> Not a chance. <laughs> but we've got to let the Spirit renew our attitudes, renew our heart. There, there is a, a, a stony heart that, that is, is propagated by that sinful nature of man that's within us. That we need to let the Holy Spirit just get in there and saturate and break up that stony ground of our heart and make that good, soft, fertile ground that we can... We can pick up these little lessons from the text and we can receive that encouragement from somebody else and we can receive that seed of faith that somebody shares with us and it has room to grow. And then we've got to really put on that new nature. And that, that to me is, is a transition. It's a transition from, from just receiving faith and, and just making it in to really moving in that faith. Being one, being an instrument, a tool to really share the gospel. And I see in my life where, where that's happened, where, where, you know, I don't write a book someday. No, I probably won't. But, um, but I can look back over my life, and, I, and I, can, I can tell you now, looking back, that God's hand was on me since I was five, six years old. I didn't meet him until I was like 19. But I can look back, and his hand was there. And it came in the shape of a Christmas ornament. I didn't know anything about Christ. I didn't know anything about God. I went to one VBS my whole life. But yeah, I can look back, and I know when I was five or six years old, I can't, can't tell you exactly what age I was, but it was so important for me to put that on the tree every year. It was my little, my little Christmas ornament that I got to put on the tree, and I always went in, in front of a little yellow light because you had to have the Star of Bethlehem. I didn't even know what it was called, but I knew that light was important. And I can look back and how he has grown me and matured me and how he continues to just fill me and encourage me, lead me, guide me, and direct me. And, and my desire right now is that I get my ears, I, you know, Becky and I were talking, anyway. I'm going to have to get my ears checked. Uh, so I say all that, I guess, to say this, that if you don't know him, you need to know him. And whether, it's very soft, whether you're, whether you're just getting to know him and you're in those first few steps, or whether you're mature and you're moving into the, the, the fourth and fifth step, there is still room to grow. We serve an unlimited God. He is unlimited. And just when we think we've arrived, he goes, ha, ha. you think so? Let me just show you this. Let me just stretch that leg out in front of you. See what happens. You're going to freak out. 
But I believe it's in that growing and maturing and, and allowing the Holy Spirit to move within us, allowing that voice to speak in those moments of decision that is going to make all the difference. And it's a great thing that he is patient and long-suffering with us, especially this guys. Because I know I can be a little hard-headed. And by the witness of two or three, it's confirmed, so we won't ask for two or three to witness and confirm, but I know I can be hard-headed. Some of y'all can too. We know this. We've asked you, but anyway. But I just want to encourage you this morning to make room for the Holy Spirit, to search yourselves like that oak tree that goes through winter, that goes through a season where it should have shed that leaf a long time ago, to see if there's things you're still hanging on to that, that, that are keeping the Holy Spirit from occupying a greater place in your life. And when you reach for that cookie, and it seems innocent enough, and you hear someone in the back of your head say no, have the courage to heed that. Have the courage to delay and just say, all right, I heard it. I don't know why. It doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't make sense when you're four years old reaching up for that hot cookie in the pan either. But I guarantee you someone is looking out for you. And it might not make sense to us today when we hear a no, when we hear a go, when we hear a stop. But we don't have to know all the answers. We just have to know who holds them. And we have to have the trust and the faith that he's looking out for you. Amen. We want to thank you for listening in today. At The Well, we believe in cultivating a culture for more of God. Wherever you are in your relationship and walk with God, we believe that there is always more for those who diligently seek after Him. If you would like to find out more, please check out our website at thewellmichigan.com and connect with us on social media.